Welcome, everyone, to the Veterans News Hour with David Corey and Richard Hurley, a national news and talk program dedicated to military veterans' issues. And now, your hosts, David Corey and Richard Hurley. Good evening. Welcome to the Veterans News Hour for Monday, March the 28th, 2022. This is Air Force veteran David Corey. My usual co-host, Richard Hurley, won't be with us tonight. He's got a friend visiting him he hasn't seen in 15 years and uh, doesn't want to miss the opportunity to catch up uh, on old friendships. Can't blame him. But uh, meanwhile, I have lots of news and information for you all tonight. Appreciate you all tuning in. So, uh, just sit back and hopefully uh, find the show uh, interesting. I want to first remind everyone that, of course, this is a call-in show. I welcome your comments, your questions, your observations. So if you have anything you want to share, uh, call us during the show in the next uh, 50 minutes at uh, our toll-free number, which is one eight 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 six two seven six zero zero eight. Again, the nationwide toll-free Call-in number for the show is 1-888-627-6008. Before we go to our first segment, I do want to um, make a public service announcement for an outstanding veterans group. There's so many out there, but one in particular stands out, my estimation, and that's Military Veterans Advocacy. It's a group with uh, significant impact for veterans. Uh, you can check out details of their organization on uh the website militaryveteransadvocacy.org. It's a 501c3 nonprofit charitable organization which uh, has its mission to educate uh, the public and government officials about issues that affect those in the military as well as veterans. And the organization also famously litigates in various federal courts on important issues affecting uh, veterans, uh, particularly on issues involving disability compensation. Membership uh, dues are only $25 a year, so it's an opportunity for you to have a direct impact to support uh, an outstanding nonprofit organization. Again, the website is militaryveteransadvocacy.org. Dues are only $25 a year. Later in the show, I'm going to return to discussing the organization because one of their uh, many projects is called Bill of the Week, to educate uh, the public about legislation that affects the military and veterans. But uh, until then, let's go to the first segment of our show tonight. It's a very important topic, and that is the effect of uh, post-traumatic stress, not just on veterans, but also on their families and uh, relative, other relatives and friends. We're going to start this segment with a brief two-minute audio clip that here that which we will hear from a number of veterans talk about the effects of post traumatic stress on their families and then we're going to talk about the VA's various and impressive programs to help veterans and their families now this tape is from the VA it's called it's a program uh produced by a program called About Face which is uh produced by the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs National Center for PTSD, which is a world-leading center for PTSD research and education. 
The National Center for Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder's mission is to improve the lives of America's veterans and others who are dealing with the aftermath of traumatic stress. And the information they have on their website can be valuable for, for anyone affected by post-traumatic stress. <clears throat> so let's start off with this two-minute clip. We're going to hear directly from a number of veterans talk about the effects of PTSD on their family. So, Doug, if you'll please roll of the tape, how PTSD affects the people you love. It, isn't, it wasn't just my choice to serve my country, to wear the uniform. Everyone who's close to me also serves, also pays a price. It's hard to live with somebody that's miserable. It's hard to live with somebody that's broken on the inside. It's hard to live when you, you know, desperately want to help the person you love, but you don't know how because the person you love don't even know what the hell's going on. Families suffer a great deal when, when mom or dad, you know, come home just lost with PTSD. Absolutely. Um... My ex-husband, he, he used to tell me that his wife never came home, just this zombie in the house. The love is there for the family, but with PTSD, it's hard to feel it. It's hard to feel the excitement, the joy, um, and every part of that. And there's so many moments you know, in my son's life that I want to connect with, but I can't. Um, but again, through the treatments... And through being open and honest about who I am and, and starting to feel comfortable with myself, I'm starting to live uh, and feel all those emotions with my family. My wife was put through, of course, the alcoholism, the drugs, uh, the ra violence rages, uh, the anger. Uh, my sons grew up with this. They felt lost. They, they, they tried, uh, you know, and, and my friends tried to reach out say, you know, what can we do to help you? And, and I just look at them and say, you don't get it. You don't understand what I'm feeling here. Well, just talk to me. I can't talk to you. That's what happens. And that's, that's how it rolled on for 30 plus years. PTSD affected my relationship with my wife. She was to the point where she was no longer in love with me. It was, my symptoms were getting severe enough where I wasn't myself anymore. I was someone else. If you have a family, it becomes a family issue and family members start taking it on. Is that the kind of issues that you want for your kids? I didn't want that. Today, my kids are fairly well adjusted. They haven't forgot the turmoil they've been through, and they went through a lot. We talk about it. There was a time in my life my children didn't talk to me, had nothing to do with me. Today, I have a good relationship with all of them. Today, I'm grandpa to their children. Well, thank you to those veterans and family members. Thank you to the VA's National Center for PTSD for sharing those experiences, with that, which I think 
will resonate with resonate with many veterans and their families uh, across the country. Uh, the VA has many programs to help veterans and their families. Uh, one of those many programs is their Coaching into Care program, which we frequently mention on this show, the Veterans News Hour. I wanted to talk a bit about the Coaching into Care and make sure that you all are aware of the many resources, very practical resources that it offers. Are you looking for help in encouraging a veteran to get support or mental health care? If so, the Coaching Into Care program has a nationwide toll-free number. They also have a website. The website is va.gov forward slash coaching into care. And the toll-free number is 1-888-823-7458. That's the VA's Coaching Into Care program, 1-888-823-7458. Now, don't confuse this with the VA's crisis line, which I'll give out at the end of the show. The VA's coaching into care number, again, 1-888-823-7458. The program is available Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It's a free service for families and friends of veterans. You don't have to be a veteran yourself to call. In fact, the whole purpose is to help those who are trying to help a veteran. The coaching into care responders that you will talk to will briefly assess your concerns and provide appropriate resources and referrals. The call may last 10 minutes or 30 minutes, and licensed psychologists and social workers will offer guidance and help for starting conversations with the veteran in your life about their mental health or substance abuse issues and then motivating them to seek treatment if it's needed. And it's coaching that's made for you, the person that cares about a veteran. So no matter what your role in the veteran's life, the Coaching Into Care program is there to inform, to support, and empower you to help the veteran access the mental health care they need and deserve. So whether you're a spouse, a parent, a child, or other family member, uh, the Coaching Into Care website, which again is va.gov forward slash Coaching Into Care, has a lot of very practical information. Uh, you can find tips on communicating during difficult conversations. You can learn to recognize mental health symptoms, particularly ones that may not be quite so obvious. You can learn about the VA's many treatment options. It's not a matter of one size fits all. You can learn about the PTSD's effects on relationships. And if you worry about the threat of violence in a relationship, it gives you information about how to seek domestic violence support. You can also learn more about the PTSD's effect, not just on a spouse, but other members of the family. And uh, you can learn about uh, mental health issues, um, that may be particularly disturbing. For instance, if a veteran is hearing voices or has delusions or hallucinations, you learn about psychosis and how to respond to that. Now, the Coaching Into Care, of course, it does offer information for veterans themselves as well as other veteran supporters who aren't relatives, whether they're a friend, a neighbor, or a co-worker. Again, the, the website, va.gov forward slash coaching into care. 
for veterans, there's material, there's information about how to recognize your own mental health issues. You can also hear stories of other veterans' stories of treatment and recovery. Find out tips on how to communicate. More information about the, the many benefits available to veterans. And you can also find out how to reach a veterans a vet center to talk to a fellow veteran and discuss military experience or challenges in readjusting civilian life. And the VA and many veteran organizations have found out time and again that peer-to-peer, meaning veteran-to-veteran support, is so important. And that's why this vet center is so important and so helpful, particularly for combat veterans. Now, if you're a friend, a neighbor, or a coworker, in other words, not a member of the family, you still may be affected, um, you know, and, and be concerned about the veteran you know. So that website, va.gov forward slash Cotian to Care, uh, can help you. Um, give tips on communicating with the veteran and other resources uh, about coaching into care, uh, VA programs, and information about uh, VA health care. So it's very important, and uh, the VA puts a lot of effort and expertise into this, so I hope uh, to help spread the word about this very valuable program, Coaching Into Care. As just one example of some of the many practical uh, tips from the Coaching Into Care program, uh, there's advice about how to talk to a veteran in your life about seeking care some practical tips on how to go about approaching that very difficult conversation. It includes some of the following things. Um, Some of them are common sense, but others it's worth uh, considering because they may not be as obvious. Be respectful and calm during their conversation and be patient. It usually takes more than one conversation before most people accept the idea of seeking care. Don't argue or attempt to talk a veteran out of their feelings, their thoughts, and or their emotions. Allow the veteran to decide whether or not they want to talk about what they have experienced or what they are currently dealing with. If they don't, that's okay. Let them know the door is always open, though, and you're willing to listen without offering advice or suggestions. Do not take the veteran's social withdrawal or isolation personally. Be willing to invite them and accept them and accept the fact they may not want to participate. Let them know they are welcome to change their mind, though. Avoid giving advice unless the veteran specifically asks for it, and minimize distraction during conversations by the veteran by turning off phones, TVs, radios, etc. And be willing to limit the conversation to 10 to 20 minutes at a time if necessary. Think about small steps rather than solving everything in one one effort. And uh, here are some tips from Coaching Into Care on supporting a veteran who's dealing with a mental health Uh, with mental health concerns. First, be aware of potential triggers that may aggravate a veteran's heightened alertness, such as loud noises on TV, fireworks, a car backfiring, etc. Remind yourself that it's not about you. Be patient when a veteran is struggling with feelings, emotions, stress, and so on. Talk about your feelings and encourage the veteran to share their feelings about what is going on without forcing the issue. And validate the veteran's feelings if they are willing to share them by simply listening rather than offering advice. Try to build in some enjoyable activities with the veteran in your life on a regular basis. Encourage sticking to schedules and routines, but don't force a veteran into social outings. If they agree to go, plan ahead 
plan ahead in advance just in case they feel uncomfortable and want to leave. So those are some practical tips. And finally, the Coaching Into Care program offers some tips for taking care of yourself, whether you're a veteran or some other person dealing with uh, stress. Engage in activities you enjoy that help you tolerate or decrease stress. Educate yourself about mental health problems. Consider getting your own counseling and mental health support. And join a support group or talk to others who are struggling with similar issues. So those are just a few of the many practical um, words of advice from the Coaching Into Care program. For a lot more information, go to the website va.gov forward slash coaching into care or call 1-888-823-7458. Again, 1-888-823-7458, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, uh, in our next segment, we're going to discuss some important bills before the U.S. Congress affecting veterans. Uh, in other, in, uh, as we've reported in, pr- in prior weeks, there's a bill, H.R. 3967, uh, which has a long title. It's called Honoring Our Promise to Address Comprehensive Toxic Act of 2021. It passed House of Representatives uh, earlier this month, March the 3rd, by a bipartisan vote of 256 to 174. However, the legislation still needs to be passed by the United States Senate and then signed by the President before it becomes law. It's a very comprehensive, apparently extremely expensive bill, and the high cost of the bill looks to be uh, a big obstacle to its passage in the Senate. So what we may be seeing in upcoming weeks and months will be efforts by supporters of the legislation in the Senate to perhaps tackle some of these issues in more of a uh, step-by-step approach. But if this bill does get enacted into law, the overriding goal will be met is to treat toxic exposure as a cost of war by fully addressing the issues affecting toxic exposed veterans, including disability benefits as well as health care. The bill has the support of at least 42 veteran service organizations as well as the Biden administration. This bill, if enacted into the Senate, I want to spend just a couple minutes hitting some of the high points. It will provide Priority 6 health care to over 3.5 million toxic-exposed veterans. Priority Group 6 is one of the, the priority groups within the VA health care system for eligibility, so that's important. It will also extend combat eligibility for, for health care in the VA from 5 to 10 years. It will streamline the VA's review for establishing toxic exposure presumptions, and the presumptions refer to when the law will presume that the effects of a particular uh, of contamination causing a particular illness or cancer was service-connected. makes it easier for the veteran, in other words, to qualify for disability compensation. The bill will also concede exposure to airborne hazards and burn pits based on various locations and dates of service. So these are just some of the many provisions of H.R. 3967. If you are a supporter of this bill, you may want to contact 
your two U.S. senators and, and tell them about your support for H.R. 3967. Some of the other things this law does is to require the VA to provide medical exams and opinions for certain veterans with toxic exposure disability claims. It will also add uh, two new conditions to the presumptions for Agent Orange exposure, Agent Orange uh, being a Vietnam-era uh, toxic exposure, and those two would include hypertension as well as monoclonal gammopathy of undetermined significance. All right. Um, one of the other major uh, provisions of this bill, H.R. 3967, would be to establish a presumption of service connection for 23 respiratory illnesses and cancers related to burn pits and airborne hazards exposure. It will create also a presumption of exposure to radiation for veterans who participate in cleanup activities in Palomera, Spain, and Inuitak Atoll in the Pacific. It will allow for a new tort claim for veterans and their families exposed to toxic water at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. It will expand Agent Orange exposure to veterans who served in Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, as well as Guam, and improve data collection between the VA and the Department of Defense. Uh, it will commission studies related to the incidence of cancer among veterans, health trends of post-9-11 veterans, and feasibility of providing health care to dependents of veterans. It will require the VA to provide standardized training to improve toxic exposure disability claims adjudication and require the VA to conduct outreach and provide resources to toxic exposed veterans. Again, if you support this legislation, contact your two U.S. Senators. You can find out who your two U.S. Senators are if you don't know already on the website senate.gov. You can also find out their contact information. Another way, a very simple way to communicate with them on this legislation, which is H.R. 3967, is through Military Veterans Advocacy's website, militaryveteransadvocacy.org. They have a Bill of the Week program. I'll talk in more detail later in the show. But they highlight critical legislation that affects uh, veterans. You can go to their website under Bill of the Week and then click on the various links for the bills that you see to send messages to Simultaneously to three people. One is your representative in the U.S. House of Representatives, and the other two are your two U.S. Senators for your state. So that's an important, very important bill, H.R. 3967. Uh, the long title is Honoring Our Promise to Address Comprehensive Toxics Act of 2021. Now you may say, well, we're in 2022. That's true, but this is when that legislation uh, was, was initiated. All right, let's move on to. Uh, to other topics, but meanwhile, I'd like to remind you again, if you have any comments, questions, we welcome your calls. Our nationwide toll-free call-in number is 1-888-627-6008. That's 1-888-627-6008. Another <clears throat> big news, another outstanding veteran organization, the National Veterans Legal Services Program, or NVLSP.org wants veterans and their families to know that it has a new, dedicated Burn Pits Claims Assistance Program. This program marks a major expansion of the free legal representation that NVLSP has provided to veterans and their survivors for the last 40 years. The Burn Pits Claims Assistance Program 
will assist veterans exposed to toxic emissions from burn pits while serving overseas by representing them on claims for disability benefits before the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. Open-air burn pits located near military bases were commonly used by the U.S. military departments in Southwest Asia to dispose of assorted waste and practically anything you can think of. The Department of Defense and the VA agree that the smoke and fumes emitted from these burn pits contain numerous toxic chemicals. Over 240,000 veterans and service members have documented their exposure in the VA's Airborne Hazards and Open Burn Pit Registry. Despite its recognition that burn pits located on many military bases overseas emitted these toxic chemicals, the VA has thus far denied over 75% of the disability claims based on burn pit exposure. Again, that's a Another reason why there's so many bills pending before Congress, H.R. 3967, which I mentioned is just one of them. According to Executive Director Paul Wright of the National Veterans Legal Services Program, and I quote, the Burn Pit Claims Assistance Program is a natural extension of NVLSP's legal expertise and tenacity in fighting for veterans and their families to ensure they receive the life-changing benefits they need and deserve, unquote. Now, the NVLSP has a solid record of defending the rights of veterans with chronic illnesses due to their exposure to military service, during military service, to various toxic chemicals. The most significant example is the class action lawsuit known as Nehmer versus United States Department of Veteran Affairs. That class action lawsuit was brought on behalf of all Vietnam veterans and their survivors who had been or would be denied VA benefits for conditions associated with exposure to Agent Orange. In that historic case, the federal court invalidated the VA's Agent Orange compensation rule and approved a consent decree requiring VA to pay retroactive disability and death benefits. As a result of the consent decree and four successful motions for enforcement, the VA has been forced to pay over $4.6 billion in VA compensation benefits to Vietnam veterans and their survivors. The National Veterans Legal Services Program their work on behalf of Vietnam veterans exposed to Agent Orange underscores the organization's ability to tack, tackle the burn pits issue, often cited as the Agent Orange equivalent for post-9-11 veterans. If you want to learn more about the NVLSP's Burn Pits Claims Assistance Program, which again is a free program uh, to help veterans exposed to toxic emissions from burn pits, by representing them on claims for disability benefits for the VA. Go to the website for more information. That's nvlsp.org for National Veterans Legal Services Program. It's a great organization, and uh, they could always use your financial support, too. Uh, they're active on many, many issues. The burn pits issue is just one of those, and they often partner with, uh, with other groups, and uh, pro bono law firms to take on the VA 
on these tough issues, usually through class action lawsuits, which are most effective because they benefit the whole group of veterans as opposed to having to fight each case on a case-by-case basis. <clears throat> All right, let's move on. The next item from uh, from the news office in a press release earlier this month, from March the 1st, the Department of Veteran Affairs said it intends to propose nine rare respiratory cancers to the list of presumed service-connected disabilities in, res- in relation to military environmental exposure to particulate matter. Now, this would be an effort by the VA or a decision, once it goes through, to change the regulations. This would be separate from the legislation I've talked about already. Now, the, the VA's press release indicates that the VA is determined through a focused review of scientific and medical evidence uh, that there is a biological plausibility between airborne hazards, specifically particulate matter, and carcinogenesis of the respiratory tract, and that the unique circumstances of these rare cancers warrant a presumption of service connection. Based on the findings, the VA Secretary is proposing a rule that would add presumptive service connection for a number of rare respiratory cancers. These cancers, which are currently under consideration because it is a proposal to add these cancers to the list, include the following. Squamous cell carcinoma of the larynx, of the trachea, adenocarcinoma of the trachea, salivary gland type tumors of the trachea, adenosquamous carcinoma of the lungs, large cells carcinoma of the lungs, salivary gland type tumors of the lung, sarcomatoid carcinoma of the lungs, and typical and atypical carcinoid of the lungs. Again, the VA says that these nine relatively rare respiratory cancers uh, are under consideration for being added to a presumed service-connected disability list. VA Secretary Dennis McDonough said in a press release, and I quote, this is the right decision. The rarity and severity of these illnesses and the reality that these conditions present a situation where it may not be possible to develop additional evidence prompted us to take this critical action. We'll continue to hold ourselves accountable to veterans to provide more care, more benefits, or more services to more veterans than ever before, unquote. The press release also said that the VA intends to focus its rules on the rare respiratory cancers that I listed above and veterans who served any amount of time in the Southwest Asia Theater of Operations, as well as some other locations. The VA will invite and consider public comments as part of this process. And once the rulemaking is complete, the VA says it will conduct outreach to contact affected veterans and their survivors to inform them about potential eligibility. On that issue, um, if you've not had the chance to, you may want to uh, watch the documentary film on burn pit contamination. It's called Delay, Deny, Hope You Die, How America Poisoned Its Soldiers. It was a 2017 documentary. It's about 50 minutes long, produced, directed by uh, filmmaker Greg Lovett. It's an outstanding uh, film, which has uh, statements, interviews, by many veterans suffering from from burn pit exposure, as well as interviews with uh, lawyers and doctors, uh, particularly a couple doctors that were very active in treating service members who went over to Southwest Asia as healthy young men and women and came back a year or two later 
uh, and quickly suffered from some very um, significant and often rare respiratory cancers and other conditions. So check out that uh, that film if you have the opportunity. You can also uh, check out on Facebook. They have a website uh, for, for Burn Pits documentary. On, uh, on that same topic, uh, as we've mentioned on our prior shows over the last uh, six months, the VA already began processing uh, disability claims last August 2021 for asthma, rhinitis, and sinusitis on a presumptive basis based on presumed particulate matter exposure during military service in Southwest Asia and certain other areas. But on the condition that these, these uh, health problems manifest within 10 years of a qualifying period of service. Uh, the VA said that it conducted the first part of a newly formed internal VA process to review scientific evidence to support rulemaking on this, resulting in the recommendation to consider creation of new presumptions of service connection for these respiratory conditions. They based that on the VA's evaluation of a National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine report, as well as other evidence. This process concluded that particulate matter pollution is associated with chronic asthma, rhinitis, and sinusitis for veterans who served in the Southwest Asia theater of operations beginning from August 2nd, 1990, all the way to the present time. It's just a reminder to us how our forces have been involved for well over 30 years, that part of the world. Uh, but also um, Afghanistan, Uzbekistan, Syria, and Djibouti beginning the post-9-11 era, as well as all the way to the present time. VA Secretary Dennis McDonough said in a press release, and I quote, I announced my intent to initiate rulemaking on May the 27th, 2021, to consider adding respiratory conditions to the list of chronic disabilities. Through this process, I determined that the evidence provided was sufficient to establish presumptions of service connection for these three respiratory conditions. This is the right decision, and the VA will continue to use a holistic approach in determining toxic exposure presumptions moving forward, unquote. So again, uh, the VA has already begun processing disability claims. They started in early August of this past year, 2021, and I know from uh, talking with various veterans who have already received letters from the VA, which the VA has reached out to them, recognizing that they were diagnosed with one of these conditions, asthma, rhinitis, or sinusitis, and letting them know about the changes in these regulations to their benefit and encouraging them to uh, file a, a disability claim, providing them information on how to do that or how to get a representative. So that's just another part of this, this ongoing and rather complex topic, which is uh, service members who become ill or in some cases die because of exposure to, to toxic substances. And that film that I mentioned, Delay, Deny, Hope You Die, there's nothing like a picture or a film to convey something that words can't effectively convey. That film does a great job. It shows footage of some of the bases over in Iraq, uh, for instance, where these huge burn pits the size of many, many football fields that were burning because they were located near, near bases that had tens of thousands of service members. And their way of disposing of all sorts of garbage was just to throw it into these huge pits, uh, pour um, 
fuel on them, ignite them, and they would burn 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, just pouring this black smoke uh, into the air and blowing, you know, into the living and working areas of these tens of thousands of veterans. <clears throat> so it's a it's important um, issue that uh, the VA is finally recognizing, and certainly members of Congress are recognizing, and we'll continue to track that on the show. All right, before going on to the next topic, another reminder about our toll-free call-in number, in case anyone wants to call in, uh, 1-888-627-6008. Again, 1-888-627-6008. Going back to my earlier public service announcement about one of my favorite military veterans organizations, militaryveteransadvocacy.org. As I say, check them out. They do a lot of great work um, in, as far as educating educating veterans, educating uh, the general public, educating members of Congress, but also uh, going to Capitol Hill to actually uh, talk with members of Congress, talk to VA leadership, uh, talk to um, uh, veteran groups about many issues and uh, they have, the Military Veterans Advocacy has a number of uh, sections within the organization. It's only $25 a year to join Military Veterans Advocacy. I encourage you to do so. And if you so choose, you can also join one or more of the various sections which specialize in particular issues. Membership in, the, in any one of those other sections is only $10 or more per year. Their sections include a section on for the Blue Water Navy, that refers to uh, the Vietnam War, Vietnam-era veterans that served in the Navy in the so-called Blue Water off of uh, Vietnam. Another section is uh, called Agent Orange Survivors of Guam because the evidence is clear that Agent Orange was used to defoliate uh, areas of Guam, and the many veterans were affected by that. Uh, a third section is uh, veterans of the Panama Canal Zone. Similarly, uh, it's to advocate for for issues uh, that affect those veterans. A fourth section is uh, veterans of Southwest Asia, the Southeast Asia, the broader area, which includes not just Vietnam but also Cambodia, Thailand, and Laos. And uh, you know, the Agent Orange issue uh, has been recognized for Vietnam and selectively in other areas, but this is to inform and to gather evidence uh, and advocate for for the veterans that also serve in those other countries. And then the fifth section is Veterans of Okinawa uh, to advocate for their uh, the issues that affect them uniquely for having served there. So it's a great organization, militaryveteransadvocacy.org. As I said earlier, it's a nonprofit, tax-exempt organization recognized under Section 501c3 of the Internal Revenue Code. They depend on um, individual contributions as well as grants to provide uh, their services to the military and veterans. Uh, a contribution is tax-deductible and uh, will go to an outstanding cause. One of their many projects is Bill of the Week. And... Um, I just received an email this afternoon about this week's list of bills of the week. 
and uh, they touch on some of the issues that I've been talking about throughout the show tonight. And the great thing about this is you go to militaryveteransadvocacy.org website and click on the tab at the top, the Bill of the Week tab, and then it will take you to a page that lists all these bills. And you might say, well, gee, uh, how much work do I have to do to communicate with my uh, representatives in, in Congress? They make it as easy as it could be. They'll provide you a link. You click on the link next to the bill that you want to uh, support, or bills, plural. And at that link, they'll then ask you to type in your name and address. And based on your address, coding the zip code, it will immediately identify your member of the House of Representatives, who your representative is, and your two U.S. Senators. And then uh, with... uh, with one or two more steps, you can send an email to all three of those individuals expressing your support for specific bills. For instance, the bills of this week that are highlighted include H.R. 3368, which will provide a presumption of service connection for veterans exposed to certain herbicides while serving on Guam, America, Samoa, and Johnston Island. Uh, Another one is H.R. 5026, Uh, to grant federal benefits to veterans who served in or near the Panama Canal Zone, all of whom were potentially exposed to um, deadly tactical herbicides such as Agent Orange. And then H.R. 2269 and S-657 to modify the presumption of service connection for veterans who were exposed to Agent Orange herbicide agents while serving the armed forces in Thailand during the Vietnam era. So those are four important bills. If I was speaking too fast for you to write them down, no worries. Just go to their website, militaryveteransadvocacy.org, and click on the Bill of the Week tab, and you will find information about those bills as well as uh, dozens of other bills. And you can also go to the websites of the, the two major congressional committees that deal with veteran affairs. One's on the Senate side, veterans.senate.gov is their website, and veterans.house.gov for the House of Representatives. Because that's where all the heavy lifting, the real work is done, the preparation, the research, the studying, and uh, you know the most effective lobbying is focused on those committees, members of the committees, and their staffs, not just the Senate at large or the House at large. Obviously, they have to ultimately vote. But uh, if you go to the websites of those committees you'll find a great deal of of useful information. You'll find information about the bills they're currently considering, uh, which ones are up for hearings, which ones have already had hearings. You'll find um, the testimony and other input, written materials, for instance, from veteran organizations. It's really an outstanding resource if you're in the business of keeping up with legislation that affects uh, veterans. And uh, this time of year, just in the last month, has been the annual um, effort by all the major veteran groups that go to Capitol Hill and they testify before joint hearings of the House and Senate committees to prevent, to present, I'm sorry, they're sort of their state of veteran issues uh to those committees, as well as each of the groups um, 
proposed agenda, legislative agenda, that they hope that uh, Congress will consider. So go to their websites, veterans.senate.gov and veterans.house.gov, just for a lot of great information. But again, if you want some easy assistance on communicating with your elected officials, go to the website militaryveteransadvocacy.org and look for the Bill of the Week tab. And it'll take you a lot of great information. Makes it very simple. <clears throat> All right. In the in this last uh, ten minutes of the show, I want to uh, shift gears and talk about something that's been on the minds of of uh, practically everyone around the world that pays attention to the news, and that is the war in Ukraine when Russia invaded. It's now been over a month. Uh, since Russia invaded, and uh, devastation has been uh, horrendous. Uh, there's still no no end in sight to it. Don't know uh, where the off-ramps are for Putin and the Russians, how this is going to end. Um, but I think it's important, as things progress, for Americans to um, in, keep informed, to inform themselves by reading, not just following two minutes on the nightly news or just a couple minutes of superficial information. And I want to point out a couple good resources for getting more information. One is um, the website antiwar.com. You can tell by the name, obviously. It's an organization that's trying to promote peace. It's against war. Um... And you may ask yourself, well, who is actually for war? Well, as it turns out, a lot of people are for war. The Russians are for war. They saw that as their best path to achieve their their political goals. But there's a lot of others that are um, that are behind war. They they see international conflict as uh, something that is best addressed through uh, power, including military power, and they certainly downplay sort of the more complex conflict resolution efforts. So go to the website antiwar.com and you'll find many, many articles about uh, what's going on in Ukraine, but also some analysis about how things got to the point where they where they are. And unfortunately, if you just listen to the so-called mainstream media, you'll hear... Um, you know, a a fixed narrative that has a certain bias to it. Uh, certainly Russia is accused of uh, propagandizing, and certainly they have, and they stifle freedom of speech. They throw political opponents into prison. They prosecute people. They poison their enemies. They kill their enemies. It's, it's a pretty horrendous system. Uh, we don't do that in the United States, but sometimes there is a more subtle silencing of those who call for a critical thinking approach, critical analysis of how do we get to this point. And that's why I offer for your thoughtful consideration some of these other resources. And one is the website antiwar.com. Another one is a project which I was involved in starting. The website is stopwar.today. Easy one to remember. And it's basically a website uh, for compiling information and offering it for your consideration. A lot of links to various organizations 
But an interesting article that I saw today, <clears throat> it was just posted today, March the 28th, 2022. Uh, the title of the article, which I saw on antiwar.com, is called Rand Report Prescribed U.S. Provocations Against Russia and Predicted Russia Might Retaliate in Ukraine. Uh, the author of this article is a man named Rick Sterling. And I thought it was a very interesting uh, article because it provides information that you're not hearing, some analysis, because I think people need to be asking themselves, how did we get to this point? And certainly they're entirely right to blame Russia. Russia was the one invading. But to what extent they should ask, I submit Americans should ask, what role did their government play in in either possibly promoting Stoking uh, a fire here, uh, pushing Russia into this position, and I think there's a lot of very important information which needs to be considered. And this uh, journalist, Rick Sterling, provides very concise uh, summary of that in this posting dated March the 28th. And I'll just quote from parts of this. Starts off by saying, according to a 2019 Rand report entitled overextending and unbalancing Russia, unquote. The U.S. goal is to undermine Russia just as it did the Soviet Union in the Cold War. Rather than, quote, trying to stay ahead, unquote, or trying to improve the U.S. domestically or in international relations, the emphasis is on efforts and actions to undermine the designated adversary, Russia. RAND is a quasi-U.S. governmental think tank which receives three-quarters of its funding from the U.S. military. This 2009 RAND report lists various anti-Russia measures divided into three areas. Well, actually four areas. Economic, geopolitical, ideological-slash-informational, and military. According to Rick Sterling's articles, these areas are assessed according to the perceived risks, benefits, and likelihood of success. The report notes that Russia has, quote, deep-seated, unquote, anxieties about Western interference and potential military attack. These anxieties are deemed to be a vulnerability to exploit. But there is no mention of the cause of the Russian anxieties, that they have been invaded multiple times and had 27 million deaths in World War II. Uh, the article by Mr. Sterling goes on to point out um, the relationship between Ukraine and Russia. The, the two countries share much common heritage and a long common border. One of the most important leaders of the Soviet Union, back when the Soviet Union existed, was Nikita Khrushchev, uh, who was, by the way, a Ukrainian. And during World War II, Ukraine was one of Hitler's invasion routes to Russia, and there was a small but active number of Ukrainian collaborators with Nazi Germany. The distance between the capital of Ukraine, Kiev, to Moscow was less than 500 miles. According to uh, this article by Rick Sterling, uh, for these same reasons of geography and history, Ukraine is a major component of a U.S.-slash-NATO effort to undermine Russia. Current Undersecretary for Political Affairs, Victoria Newland said, 
that for over 20 years, the U.S. invested $5 billion in a project to turn Ukraine, west, and as far as a Western uh, perspective. The culmination was a violent coup in February of 2014, and since 2015, the United States has been training ultra-nationalists and neo-Nazi militias in Ukraine. This has been documented in various articles, such as a 2015 article by Robert Perry entitled U.S. House Admits Nazi Role in Ukraine, uh, a 2018 Max Blumenthal article called The U.S. is Arming and Assisting Neo-Nazis in Ukraine While the House Debates Prohibition, a 2019 article by Lev uh, Galinkin entitled Neo-Nazis and the Far Right are on the March in Ukraine, and a January 2022 article by Branko Machetik entitled The CIA May Be Breeding Nazi Terror in Ukraine. So there has been some perspective out there for quite a few years about uh, the role that the United States has, has played uh, in Ukraine. Now, prior to 2018, according to this article, the U.S. only provided defensive military weaponry in Ukraine. However, my personal side note is, how do you define the difference between a defensive and offensive military weapon? But this RAND report, uh, mentioned in Rick Sterling's article, assesses that providing lethal, meaning offensive military aid to Ukraine, will have a high risk but also a high benefit. According to, accordingly, U.S. lethal weaponry skyrocketed from near zero to $250 million in 2019. 303 million in 2020, 350 million in 2021. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, the Hill publication reported that the United States has contributed more than $1 billion to help Ukraine's military over the past year. Now, this RAND report, this is the real controversial point, and I'm not going to cover everything in the article. I encourage you to go to the website antiwar.com. It's on their homepage today. It's a Rick Sterling article. But this RAND report from 2019 included many techniques and, quote, measures to provoke and threaten Russia, including repositioning bombers with an easy striking range of key Russian strategic targets, deploying additional tactical nuclear weapons in locations in Eastern, I'm sorry, in Europe and Asia, increasing U.S. and allied naval force posture and presence in Russia's operating areas in the Black Sea, holding NATO war exercises on Russia's borders, and withdrawing from the Intermediate Nuclear Forces Treaty. Now, uh, the final point. Just a couple months ago, a few months ago, in December of 2021, Russia proposed a treaty with the U.S. and NATO proposing that Ukraine would not join the NATO military alliance. When this proposed treaty was rebuffed uh, by Washington, uh, it sort of set in motion uh, the events which led to the Russian invasion. So my point is the United States really needs to examine its own roles in this entire matter, and hopefully they will. We're about out of time tonight. I want to thank all of you for listening to the Veterans News Hour. I always try to make it a thought-provoking show. I'd like to thank our producer, Mr. Doug Newsom. I hope you'll tune in next week, same time, same station, for another edition of the Veterans News Hour. Until then, stay safe and stay healthy. hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Veterans News Hour with David Corey and Richard Hurley. We hope you found this week's program very informative. 
Be sure to invite your friends and all the veterans you know to tune in next week when we'll have another great show on Veterans Issues. Meanwhile, you can listen to our other recorded episodes on the Veterans News Hour webpage on bbsradio.com. Thanks again for listening to the Veterans News Hour.